0: Welcome to the Hard Way with Anvil T and D, where three Australian veterans cover everything physical and mental health, business, education, and life lessons learned the hard way. Each episode, the Anvil team challenged themselves, their guests, and their listeners to ask the hard questions, acknowledge their biases, broaden their perspective, and have a laugh along the way. Now here are your hosts, Dan Marshall and Nathan. Beware the dark humour and enjoy the podcast.
1: Hello. Welcome to The Hard Way with Anvil TD. That's Dan, Nathan and Marshall here Present. again, as Present. usual. As usual, the whole gang. Yeah. And, and what are we talking about today?
2: We're doing another uh, podcast of an article we wrote. Dan, you wrote this one?
3: Yes, I wrote this one. It is called Your Injury is All in Your Head. Um, and it's about um, overcoming injury or illness um, and how you can work around those things. Um, it was inspired by an injury I had, where I had to go to the hospital from yeah. back injury during deadlifts. And during that, when that recovery phase, um, I approached it as how to what can I do, as opposed to um, the things I couldn't do. It's kind of like the glass half full yeah. scenario. Yeah. And, um, so when
2: people get injured they kind of just like, well, I'm fucked now. I can't do anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and that's yeah.
1: very common. When someone gets a sprained
3: ankle. It's like, oh, well, there's three weeks of doing nothing, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, you're right. They do tend to look at it as, as I can't do this anymore. Mm. And, I mean, what was the first thing the doctor said to you?
3: Well, yeah. The, so, when I got, so, I guess, background, what I did was during a deadlift, I rushed it and did poor form and hurt, my, hurt a disc. And I... Basically had to just lay on
2: the floor and couldn't move. And, and this yeah. was um, like pretty lightweight too. This wasn't like 1RM. Percentage-wise, yeah, it you was were quite... Just it was just like not focused Maybe 60%. Or, yeah, yeah, it, it was like,
3: about 60%. It was about 60% of 1RM and we were doing like fast triples, yeah. just lightweight. And the second one, I think I rushed it. Then my back bend, snapped it and it just, um, yeah. yeah, it did, The disc did not like it. Yeah. Basically, and I was stuck on the floor until the paramedics came into the gym, and in yeah. front of everyone in the gym, they <laughs> drugged me up and, uh, like an idiot, I spoke a lot of shit, and they got me into the ambulance yeah. and took me to the hospital, and so the first thing one of the doctors said. Um, was uh, he said? I think he said like the words were like, "Oh, deadlifts are, sound like a dangerous game." Yeah. So yep. Yeah. <laughs> like sure. Russian roulette. Yeah. 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 Really playing with your life. Yeah. Doing deadlifts. Yeah. And he basically said, "I think you should never do deadlifts again." Yeah. And my still um, drug-addled brain. <laughs> thought, fuck this guy. I'm going to do deadlifts again. I don't care I'll, how I'll much. I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now. Let me stand up, doctor. Yeah. What would you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, my MD. goal was yeah, my goal was to deadlift again, and I knew that you can recover from serious, from really bad back injury. A lot of people have done it in the past. um Louis Simmons, who we've mentioned before on the show, has done it. He broke his back, broke his back twice yeah Invented a machine, a gym machine, to assist in recovering from back injury or yeah. making your back stronger. Yeah. Um, so that was my goal, and I said, "In I think it's my goal was three months." I said, "Was within three months, we'll be deadlifting again. I don't care if it's two hundred sixty, or I think in the article I said a bar with marshmallows on the end. Yeah, so I want to deadlift again. A plastic again. bar with marshmallows on the end." I (laughs) want to deadlift again without pain like and uh, efficiently yeah so that was my goal that was the injury that was my goal and um my whole approach because I sat in the hospital bed for like six hours just laying there um before you know it's hospital They got shit to do (laughs) probably someone dying upstairs you know potentially Uh, potentially yeah So I had a lot of time to sit there and think, and as the trucks were wearing off, it became a bit clearer as well. And it was, you know, what happened? Why did that happen? You know, and my main concern at the time was, I don't want to get surgery, or if I have to get surgery, it's like, Most likely six plus months of just rehab, and that's Mm. doing very little. And because it's your back, you know, you can't really do much else when your back is injured.
1: Yeah. And Um, did they ever tell you what the injury was specifically? So
3: no, yeah. Because with mine, they I was expecting like scans and stuff. Yeah. Um, them to do the works to find out what was wrong, but then they just did some testing. Like it was a lot of, uh, like, uh, can you feel this on your toes? Can you push against this? And all those kind of um, motor tests. Um. And they asked about the pain and where it was radiated, like if it radiated, where it went down. And Mm -hmm. another thing with back injuries like that or disc injuries, they asked, like, oh, did you, like, basically, did you piss yourself Mm. um, or any bowel release? Because that, I think that's, um, I was told by my GP later that's so compression, you can compress something and it it really fucks you. If you don't get a decompress within six, eight hours, um, it's, you know, you could have very, very bad spinal damage. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of the tests they were doing, and from those tests, they were kind of able to ascertain that it wasn't serious, Yeah. and eventually they had the nurses who were in the area I was in, and they got me to, they gave me some drugs first, some painkillers, I think yeah. it was just opiate-based stuff, um, stood up, and they like, got me to up very slowly, and then eventually got me to, you know, like four hours later, got me to walk maybe five meters one way, and then yeah. back to the bed. Um, and from all that, they're like, okay, this, you know, this is one of those things that happens. And even the nurse was like, oh, I did my back like this once, and a yeah. week later, I was back at work. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. So I realised it wasn't as serious as I was initially feared, which yeah. is good news. Um, really, much better than I expected initially. Um, and so I did end up walking out still on painkillers. And yeah. you picked me up. Yeah, um, and yeah. So then I guess that kind of ended the initial injury yeah. part, and then I kind of moved on to the what now
1: phase yeah i think um i think that whole sort of from start to finish receiving the injury i mean there's a lot we can sort of explore there um the first thing that we talked about was that it was at about 60 percent of your one RM. Mm, so this yeah. isn't you know you're not doing a deadlift at 200 plus kilos which no. you, you were very capable of at that time you were working with 140 kilos for reps, sets yeah. of three too. So it's not like we're blowing out to mm. 10, 15, 20 reps. You know, there's not huge amounts of fatigue sitting mm. in here, but there was cumulative fatigue over the course of the session. So I think it was like five sets of three or something and we were up to set number three. Yeah. So, you know, you're feeling tired and, um, and in that sort of situation, you have a tendency, not you specifically, but people in general have a tendency to rush things because they they aren't thinking about the first rep or the mm. second rep. They're thinking about getting to the last one. You know, yeah, they just yeah. want to get mm. that last one out of there. Usually, there's pain involved, it's sore, whatever. Um, and I do remember uh, very, and this is an issue that we've been working on with you for a, a while now. Is that spinal flexion? Yeah. Um, you know, when you pulled. There was no slack taken out of the bar. No. It just went from zero to 100, and that's the risk of deadlifts. That's just one of those things that you have to be very conscious of when you're deadlifting is if you don't take the slack out of the bar and if you don't know what that means, Google it, look at YouTube videos, whatever. Uh, there's like a clicking noise, basically. You can hear the bar sort of engage yeah, with the weight. It's just
3: applying a slight bit of pressure, and you'll yeah. feel the bar push against your hands yeah. when you try and pull.
1: And, um, and basically, because you weren't doing that, you um, all the force in your body went to basically the weakest point. Mm. That point in your back where that's the point that is most likely to go first. Yeah. Um, and that's just a technique thing uh, for you that just happened to be uh, you know, quite low down in your lumbar spine, um, which is probably one of the better places to hurt if you're going to hurt your spine uh, because the further you go up, the more nerve endings are mm. in there, especially mm. once you get to the thoracic spine, you're looking at, Paraplegic, quadriplegic, Basic sort skull, of stuff, yeah. And then once you get up to C spine, that's like traumatic brain injury stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so, but lumbar spine is pretty much the most common area for back injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once you injured it, it was, and this was a new experience for you. You'd never mm-hmm. heard your back before. I remember, you know, once you were on the drugs, you you couldn't move. There was very little. Movement going on, like we got you onto your back, I believe. So I
3: was, I laid down on my back, yeah. And the, and the my like, you know, when people get injured, they'll move into the most comfortable position. Yeah. So if someone breaks their arm, they'll, you know, put it across their chest, yeah, and um, hold on to it. Um, mine was on my back with my knees bent to mm. make a V, so that it flattened out my lower back. Yeah. Because my nat, even having my natural arches by laying yeah. completely
1: flat was painful. Yeah. And um, that's, I mean, yeah. that's another good point there for someone that does have a sore back or a back injury, the best position to take pressure. Off the lower back is lying down on your back with your knees up. Mm. Elevator, maybe a pillow or something underneath. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want, really want to hammer home that you're more, most likely to injure yourself when training, especially with weights, on lighter sets. Like especially where you know the and you don't take the time to set up properly. You know, I've seen. Uh, videos of guys bench pressing the, these guys can bench press huge amounts of weight over 500 pounds and then they do they decide to do oh, i'm going to do some reps with 140 for 140 kilos or something so you know that's a 200 pound difference from their 1rm mm. but they do it they do their pec because they lose their position or they're a bit lazier about their position and so they're not working in their safest possible position Mm. and the body doesn't know how to handle that you know it's stress on things that aren't used to taking stress or it's just that final breaking point so that's something that i really want to just emphasize if you are in the gym and you are doing things like deadlifts bench press squats anything really uh, for higher reps at a lighter weight take it as seriously as if you're doing your 1RM yeah. you know set up exactly how you would for every rep treat the weight with respect because even a 60 kilo bar actually even a fucking pen can do your well, back well I think statistically right?
3: picking up a pen is the most common yeah. um, way to injure you back in the office in because, an office environment
1: yeah because I mean ego creeps in you look at the pen and you go you know as heavy as the deadlift I can do at the gym yeah and you
3: get that weird bent over <laughs> yeah. angle because you kind of like can't be bothered to fully yeah. do the proper and,
1: And that happens with, you know, people that can lift a shitload of weight. They look at this bar that's not loaded to even half of what they're capable of of lifting and they just go, fuck you, man. I can throw you around if I want to. And they do and it throws you right back. Like, (laughs) puts you on the floor and then has you spewing shit to a bunch of paramedics, basically. (laughs) That's what you mean. I apologise to those paramedics. And so we could never go back to that gym again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that point is treat the weight with respect. But... The second point there is that um, once you got to the hospital and you sort of the drugs started to wear off, you know, your first thoughts were, oh, fuck, surgery, you Mm. know, recovery time. This fucking doctor's telling me a bunch of shit. Fuck that guy. Yeah, Yeah. fuck (laughs) that fucking guy. You know, but once again, this is a doctor that doesn't know a lot about weight training. Well, yeah, and
3: that's the thing. And because. The approach to rehab differs depending on who you speak to. That's exactly I, right. The physio I went to after I sustained the injury, he was big on, you know, almost like active recovery yeah. physio. Yeah. And I think a lot more physios are moving towards that too. More, yeah. Um, you know, newer physios who are yeah. a bit more modern um because if you just like say for mind you if i just laid on my back for three weeks mm. because it hurt and like oh moving hurts so i'll just lay mm. down that, mm. that'll heal it it would have just all tightened up and been shit yeah, yeah and then that would just made rehab harder um so and yeah but the physio i went to he was like it was a week later he got me to do a deadlift yeah so i smashed my three-month goal yeah. of doing a Crushed deadlift it. yeah um, it was like It was like 100 kilos too So I wasn't like Just a bar Yeah Like he's just like Here's a feeler can okay? I'm like yeah And I just had to make sure I did it perfect Because he was like Oh yeah. you did this form Basically perfect
1: Yeah which is nice to hear, especially was, after you busted your back. Yeah, you know, running. ironic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's another really good point. Is there are a lot of people with you know MD after their name, PhD after their name, but their area of expertise may not be weight training. Mm. You know, it might not be if you're a fucking marathon runner and you injure yourself doing that shit, and you go see a doctor who's never run in their life. Just go, just don't run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to tell you some dumb shit that hopefully you turn around and go no fuck you Mm. probably don't say it to their face but your attitude will reflect your recovery process so dan's attitude of immediately going no fuck this i'm going to get back on that bar Mm. it it reflects the fact that he is immediately thinking what what can he do to get back to where he was and then keep going you Mm. know and we spoke about louis simmons before um and he's just a really good example because he has literally broken his back twice did he do that at the gym uh once was in a competition the first time squatting and the second time was in the gym I think doing rack pulls for uh, ridiculous yeah anyway um So, he's injured himself twice and come back both times to set records in his weight class for powerlifting. And he did that because he refused to not train anymore, Mm. basically. And he's a bit of a stubborn one. I mean, I probably wouldn't take his training philosophy if you've got an injury. He was basically in the gym with a cast on working, out like literally the minute he left the hospital. That's probably not exactly what you want to be doing, especially, I mean, he's chock full of steroids. So, yeah he's got an advantage that a lot of people don't, but the mentality is there. The idea that once you're injured, you can't do that thing or you shouldn't move is a very restrictive and probably harmful mentality. Uh, like you were saying before, Dan, the, uh, the fact that you could be lying in bed thinking, oh, no, it hurts, I'm not gonna do that. I don't wanna do that today, the pain, whatever. Um, we should touch on the fact that pain is a neural signal sent to protect you from hurting yourself yeah. again. Mm. right So what's happening there right. is your back is sending a signal to your brain going, "Oh no, we tried this once before <laughs> and it kind of stung us yeah. you know so all that pain it, it might not be reflective of what's actually gone wrong. you know and like we said, your injury wasn't nearly as bad as you initially thought because mm. the pain response was huge. Yeah, pain was know?
3: bad like and yeah, the signals and uh, like you're saying the brain sending signals is interesting. Because apparently, what happened, I was still on the um, painkillers. The so I got the green whistle, methoxyfluorine, yeah, um, inha- inhalation. When I there's a complete gap in my memory from when I was getting out of the ambulance, yeah, um, and. So, and I got explained to you the reason for that was most likely. So, I was trying to, like my legs, sorry, my legs just completely stopped working. Right. Because I was like in the bed later and they were just like, I can't believe his legs just stopped working. This is the paramedics talking. I was like, what are they talking about? Someone explained to me, apparently. (laughs) These fucking guys, what do they know? (laughs) Yeah, apparently what happened was when they were trying to get me out of the ambulance, um, my legs just would not work. Right. And I was just having to like (laughs) cripple man, like just my arms to get out onto the um, bed again or down. And um, yeah, apparently, so what was happening was my brain was sending signals to say my legs to do things like move, move. We're trying to do this, and all my all the pain receptors were just going, "We're not, no." Basically, <laughs> just said no, and they yeah. just shut, and it just shut it down. So I yeah. couldn't do
1: more damage to myself. Yes,
3: and that's just your body's way of protecting itself. Yeah,
1: and. That's pain. That's what pain is there for, mm. right? It's there literally to stop your body from doing more damage to an area that it's, you know, it, it's recognized is that's a trouble point, right? Um, but a lot of the time, that pain can linger for because your brain learns things very quickly it knows especially when it's triggered by pain response by stress response when it gets flooded with cortisol and adrenaline it goes okay we need to take note of this mm. you know so when you try to get up and walk you know physically that you can walk but you're feeling pain because your body's going oh are we sure we really want to do this yeah so there's a fine line there where you you have to be active to recover right you need to If a point in your body is injured and you want to recover, it needs to receive blood because blood's carrying the nutrients, carrying the platelets. It's all this stuff that it needs to get better, right? No matter where in your body, it needs to receive blood flow, right? If the blood flow stops or it's restricted or, you know, it isn't as much as it was before, recovery slows right down. So the best way to get blood to an area is with movement, you know? Um, So there is a fine line between you know being in way too much pain to absolutely do anything or pushing yourself to that point where you go I'm capable of doing this one little thing I'm going to do that until I'm capable of doing a little bit more and what was that for you you so started walking
3: that was for me was walking yeah. um, and to be fair my approach was quite like I wanted to I pushed yeah limits, like even like once I eventually did start lifting and stuff again it was still with the cons like I still had that every time I stepped up to a bar to deadlift after for months mm. was you know I was you know, almost scared of it. So I was like pushing limits a bit because I, I had the goal that I wanted to reach and everything. But for me, it was walking. Um, so example, I stayed at I say your place that yeah. night because it was like I didn't know if I can get up in the morning. Yeah. Um, and it was painful, and I woke up at like you know five a.m. or something. Yeah. The next morning, and um, I need just to go to the toilet. I think I'm like, all right, here we go. And it was a long process to like angle myself so i could get up and just i had to i think i had to like roll onto my side push up with my elbow and slowly like shimmy the rest of the way up um and then standing sucked too because like you know when you stand your torso is forward because it's over the center of gravity when you're on that it's basically a squat position yeah um which we've talked about at length yeah and then as you stand up and your lower back is used to straighten up and push and as your hips push through and all of that was extremely painful because mm. it was a f- a very fresh injury. It was like twelve hours old. Yeah. And um, but I managed to do that. Like, get up, and I just kind of like, zombie shuffled yeah. Yeah. to the bathroom and did that. And so that was that was like, and I did laps up and down the hallway actually. Yeah. For of like
1: three hours. Because <laughs> I, because like, I came long out at like <laughs> seven or seven thirty or something, and you're still going. Well, I think just I went, just went back. Fucking, <laughs> just I think I went back. Shuffling to bend, yeah. along. What I are you ba- doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, just uh, yeah, yeah. just doing laps. Because
3: <laughs> yeah. I did I did a few laps. And I noticed that when I was moving, it started to hurt less and I just felt like, you know, it's like oh, I mm. feel warmer, I feel warmed up. Um, so, you know, it's the so same. i just going to keep going for three just hours. Gonna just going go for three hours. So, yeah. I, did a, I did a few laps of your apartment. That's what my body needs. And then, <laughs> and then walked back to bed, managed to slowly get back in there, slept yeah. again. Um, and then when I woke up at yeah seven or whatever it was yeah. and got up again and did the same thing. And um, that was for the next week, the only thing I really did was walk, but I slowly, and I guess this is talking about progressive overload now, I slowly increased the distance. Yeah. So I went from just up and down an apartment hallway. Yeah. So maybe 10 meters one way, maybe, and then back. And eventually I would go outside, walk maybe like 100 meters up the street, 100 meters back. And then I just slowly increased that distance. And I think within two weeks, I was doing the five or six K walking track that we used to do.
1: Yeah. And that was a walk once or twice a week. So, mm. so, but you're not doing 5 or 6K every day. No. But you are up on your feet, you're moving. And like you said, progressive overload is key there. You didn't get up the next morning and go, you know what I need right now? More deadlifts. More deadlifts, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had a goal, but you understood that that goal is not an overnight thing. Yeah. And that's the same with basically any injury. Um, there are injuries where recovery is extremely difficult, you know. Um there's certain things that can happen, like you might break a bone, and the way that it heals, it's just never going to be the same again, mm. you know. And then a lot of spinal injuries. You, I'm not saying that you can recover from anything, but there's a lot of very common injuries, like lower back pain, that might be caused by pressure on a disc, or uh, you know, shoulder injuries. I mean, we can talk about your shoulder and posture position and stuff like that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but these injuries are not life cha- they're not life ending you know it's not something that happens and it goes okay you are like that for the rest of your life so don't worry about trying to fix it you know there's a lot of people that have suffered strokes that have come back to walk fine talk whatever um and that's a brain injury but a lot of the stuff that is happening in your body around injuries is in your brain and that's why the article is called your injuries all in your head yeah it, um when i read the article um it kind of sounded
2: like Stop being a little bitch. Yes. Yeah. You're just um, making shit up. But, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's not that at all. That is not the It's of the article, It's yeah.
1: about the purpose of the article is about changing your uh, perspective on recovery. Mm. It's not about, and I mean, there a component of that is stop being a little bitch. Yeah. Basically. It's like, you know, if you have lower back pain and you go, okay, well, this is just me now, I'm going to live with this lower back pain for the rest of my life that's a cop-out 100%, you know, especially if you haven't received a fucking traumatic injury, I in mean, a car accident or something, you know, you've just got back pain from bad posture, sitting down all the time, not exercising enough, you know, not working on it and you just develop these back, these back things, which is very common. Lower back pain is basically the most common workplace-related yeah. injury or whatever in the world. Um, if you're willing to live with that for the rest of your life, without saying oh maybe there's something i can do about this if i take responsibility for my own health then it is a cop out so there is a part of the article that is saying you know if you take some responsibility for your own recovery and you're willing to work hard over a long period of time you can make some changes because mm. i mean where did we start with you with posture
2: yeah well i i
1: injured my shoulder like five years ago now yeah and
2: i kind of had that mentality like oh my shoulder's fucked now. yeah yeah And I always use it as an excuse if I couldn't do something. Still do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, it does give me a little bit of grief every now and then, but now it's back up to, like, I'd say the same as my other shoulder, like almost 100%.
1: And I think when it gives you grief, you recognize why. Mm. It's usually giving you grief because maybe you're not standing up as straight as you could Mm. or maybe you're not working on getting the scaps in the right position, whatever. Because, I mean, what did you initially do to your shoulder? Do you remember? Um, it was just,
2: it was a massive force backwards and it tore the rotator
1: cuff and right. the
2: cartilage. Yeah.
1: Um, ripped all the cartilage. And that probably had something to do with your posture at the time as well. Yeah. So I, I always had bad posture and then this made it worse as well, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, I pretty much
2: couldn't lift, lift my arm at all. Yeah. Um, and back then I wasn't really as into gym and... Yeah. I didn't have goals like like Dan, I guess, where I was like, Yeah, I, I need to I need to get back into gym to mm. so I kinda just I I listened to what the doctors said and they're like, Oh, six months, twelve months physio. Yeah. And that's what I was doing, just physio things, because I didn't know any better. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> um, nothing wrong with physio.
3: Well, I was yeah. about to say, like, we're not saying don't listen to doctors. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we'll preamble all of this by saying you need to listen to professional medical advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as I said, for me, I pushed it a bit. Like, I had the go when I was, like, just a bit stubborn. Yeah. And um, I really wanted to get back into it. Yeah. Um, and I still listen to the every medical professional, except the one who's like, oh, because... You should never do deadlifts again was an opinion-based thing. It yeah. wasn't based in him going, "Well, my medical degree taught me this." Like yeah. At no point in a medical degree do they go, "No one should ever do deadlifts." Yeah. 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 Um, so that was, you know, and I, like, so I know I'm a little bit
1: hypocritical. A little but bit. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, we do, we do know a lot of uh, medical professionals mm. that probably don't have the experience to comment on something like that
3: well that's what i mean by saying it, the oh, i don't think you should do deadlifts again like he did he literally did not know what a deadlift was yeah like yeah. he tried to demonstrate oh, so you're doing this movement this deadlift movement and he was like um, i a squat movement yeah so he didn't one he didn't even know what they were yeah. he just said oh that's what caused the injury so don't do it mm. so that you know his don't do deadlifts was opinion based not yeah. medical based yeah um but Otherwise, completely listen to medical advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: especially I mean, there are a lot of good physios out there, exercise physiologists, sports doctors, uh, people that are professionals in the area that they they have this wide range of knowledge and they understand these kind of injuries. You know, so a um, a doctor in the emergency room is going to give you some kind of advice. I mean, that's mm. just that's their job, and they're looking out for you and your health or whatever. But their advice as an emergency room doctor compared to the advice of a good physio like you had when you started seeing that Mm, guy. Or
3: even another doctor who's more
1: familiar with sports injuries. Yeah, any sports doctor that you go and see after you've had the injury, you've gotten out of the emergency room in Dan's case and you go and see that professional. Like when I was leaving the um, army, I I went and saw a sports doctor and a Mm -hmm. sports physio uh, because I had knee injuries and back injuries and I was training quite hard and I knew that... Um, I knew that like I see, I saw this point of correlation basically between when my back hurt and when I was training. So I didn't, when I was in the gym and before I went to the gym, my back was never sore. But yeah. if I was doing something that was back intensive, especially posterior chain work, like deadlifts, squats, whatever, I noticed that when my back muscles were fatigued, that's when I started to get disc pain. Yeah. So I could, I started to be able to put together this picture where I'm going, okay, so when my back muscles are really strong, they're able to support my back, which is their fucking job, right? But I'm not a doctor. So I'd, all I could see was training seems to be making this feel better, except when I'm recovering from the training, then it feels bad. Mm-hmm. But I understand that that is a principle of recovery. You know, when things are fatigued, then I, they can't support as well. So I went to this sports doctor and I said those things. I was like, I'm having some issues because I don't really understand how this is working. My perception at that point was back injuries permanent, right? And back injuries equal restricted movement for the rest Mm -hmm. of your life. Um, And he literally said the words to me and wrote it in a doctor's report. He said, if you keep doing the things that you're doing in the gym, you will never get back pain. But if you stop and those muscles are allowed to weaken or waste away or, you know, you give up the training, the back injury's coming back, you know, mm. it's not going anywhere. Um, because that, you know, the disc rupture, that disc isn't going to get fixed hundred percent, mm. you know, the body's going to do its best, but that's the sort of shit, you know, cartilage goes, whatever. Um, but the muscles around the spine, uh, if they're strong can support it. So his, his advice to me was keep doing what you're doing because Mm. if you keep doing it and then you know a few years went by and then dan you injured yourself and the first thing i did was get online and i looked up articles because i was like i need to know how realistic recovery is going to be Mm. and what we're going to need to do in the gym with you to get you back to a point where you are deadlifting over 200 again which happened quite easily to be honest um but i think i stumbled across an article by an australian sports doctor he's very you know strong well-known in the strength community um And he has scans on his website of back injuries that doctors have told him are untreatable, right? There's, you know, scans of full disc ruptures. You've got all this um, fluid leakage through the spine, all this stuff in uh, the lower back. And then he's trained them and done regular strength training, movements and stuff like that. Um, and literally six months later, all that fluid is gone. The spine has recovered as best it's going to and the strength has gone up. Mm. So just based on this research that is easy to find, you know, you did, you um, Google back injuries and recovery strength training, you'll find this stuff. Um, and it's, it's very clear that with modern medicine, you can see... difference between someone that is willing to take active steps in recovery Mm. and someone is willing to not you know because for a very long time doctors would just tell you oh no your back's hurt don't don't aggravate it
3: yeah avoid back intensive work yeah
1: the opposite is almost true
2: putting it in google is probably a bit of a funny thing as well i think it would depend on what you type in Mm. i think it would depend on if you typed in will I ever get better? People might be saying, no, you'll never get better. Yeah. Instead type in, how do I get better? Kind of thing. Um,
1: and I mean, I will try to find this article, uh, and this guy, I just, his name slips my mind and we'll probably link it. We can put it in the description. Um, he's, he is a very famous and well-known strength sports doctor, right? He's, you know, he's got his PhD. He knows what he's doing. Um, and back injuries are basically his specialty. Mm. Um, Now, shoulders are another common one, especially because of posture. And I mean, Nathan's very familiar with this because he's lived it. But um, most people that are working in an office or sitting down all day, they tend to have anterior dominant Mm. posture and it can affect things like back pain, headaches, you know, you're getting a lot of tension. Um, You might even develop a shoulder injury from something like Nathan said, a lot of pressure, that pushing pressure. Mm. And because the anterior muscles are so tight, they just rupture Mm. rather than stretch. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to recovery for something like that, I mean, talk about what we've done even just recently to f- try and get the back. Even just
2: when I started really getting into gym, yeah.
1: it helped my posture
2: yes. anyway. Yeah. So just doing that started to help. Yeah. Um, I've had troubles with my feet and my knees and my hip rotation. So yeah. I've been trying to make them better. Yeah. Um, But yeah, things like my erectors, my lower back, we've been fixing that on my squats and deadlifts, strengthening that. Um, That was a big one for me. My brain struggled to figure out how to Mm. um, actually use the lower back and that. But now that's... Because it all affects... um, Like the doctors said to me, because of my flat feet, my knees caved in, which tilted my hips forward, which curved my spine, which gave me bad posture. And he's like, that is probably the reason your shoulder was injured and I was like what the fuck how does my flat feet yeah. end in shoulder yeah. injury <laughs> <laughs> so your whole body work- and that's when I realised shit your whole body really works together yeah um, to, to hold
1: everything and your brain together. funnily enough yeah. yeah well that was well, the that's
3: same as when I did my back um, I got shown by a doctor in one of his old textbooks they have like um Parts of the back that are attached to other areas of the body. Mm. And so, for where I injured my body, it like goes all the way up to down your arm and mm. to like the ends of your fingers and down your yeah. legs and then sort of how it all works together because it is one working machine, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it's amazing the kind of ripple effect something can have. Like one of our friends, um, he's been having a shoulder issue Yeah. and he came here the other day and Marshall had a look at him um, yeah. and thought it's not actually a shoulder it's something else but that's causing this to happen mm. so you yeah. should get that checked Yeah, because he's had scans on his shoulder and nothing came up
1: yeah, yeah. and I mean that's a really good point uh, when it comes to the way your body works together um, your brain's Obviously, the computer that's in charge of all of it. You mm. know, if, it's, if something's not moving properly, the first place you should look is the signal that's coming from the brain. You know, so it's very hard to change that, and we've talked about it a couple of times. But, um, but basically, you can't change that signal without lots of repetitions. You know, so if you get into the gym and, you know, your deadlift form sucks or your squat form sucks or you're trying to recover and your body's not doing what it's told, that's your brain telling you... We're not ready for that whole movement we're not ready for that yet baby steps please Mm. you know it wants smaller range of movement um which can be done you know for example you want to do a full depth squat but your brain doesn't want to tell you because maybe you've got flat feet maybe your knees do cave at a Mm. certain point your hips are rotating wrong start nice and high on a box squat to that and then work your way down and it's the exact same with recovery um, the best way to recover, like Dan said a couple of times now, is with progressive overload. He didn't start deadlifting again; he started walking. Mm. You know, so that's a that's a really good point. Is his first, the first thing he thought was, "What can I do rather than what can't?"
3: And that is, you know, again, one of the ma- the one of the main features of the article is what think about what you can do. Yeah. So yeah, I like in like I said, I was laying on that hospital bed for like multiple hours just thinking. Yeah. And yeah, it was a lot of. Um, once I got past that, this sucks. Yeah. What can I expect in the future? It's, you know, how can I approach this because I want to get back to, And even if you're not going for some strength goal or anything, just having a functioning body, because like you were saying earlier, yes. you know, just accepting you're stuck with an injury is not a good yeah. mindset to have. Because, you know, like for us, we're in our tw- like later 20s now, and that's still... You know, fifty, got, sixty got years. God willing, of- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God willing, a lot. You know, half a century left of just having a shit back. Or yeah. So I can fix this now, and mm. or as best I can recover from this, yeah. and have a much better quality of life for yeah. the next quarter, um, half a century. And mm. that's
2: that's a, a thought I had as well, um, which was like I have no intentions of having kids soon, but I know at some point in my life I'm gonna have kids, yeah. and mm. I wanted to be able to, like.
1: Kind to keep up with my kids. Yeah. yeah.
3: And it's hard to get people to think of that future, yeah. that um, longer term foresight. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so for whoever it is, an injury, look at how you can deal with it. Because it might, yeah, it might take like a year before you have a more, a better kind of function with some kind of injury, whether it's a sort of yeah. shoulder impingement, whatever. But, you know, a year in the face of half a century, mm. it's not that big a deal.
1: Yeah. Like, and you're probably going to develop good habits from something like mm. this. You know, you might even have a benefit on your cardiac system you know just from regular training yeah so it's not just like we've said a couple of times now this doesn't happen in a vacuum you know it's not isolated fixing your lower back isn't a matter of just fixing the lower back fixing nathan's shoulder wasn't a matter of just doing shoulder exercises yeah. you know the whole posture's come much better you know and but it also doesn't happen and you know you fix it and it's done mm. you know and usually it's not fully fixed because yeah. in the process of fixing it, there might be some imbalances or whatever developed or you notice that like you were saying with the guy that came down and we noticed it wasn't actually a shoulder injury, Mm. um, which that's my personal opinion. I'm not a doctor and I haven't done scans. It was just from the way that he was moving and my assessment of his movement. Mm. I thought that rather than he's feeling the pain in his shoulder, but it's because he's not getting any scap retraction. Mm. Uh, And when the scap doesn't retract, the shoulder can't move through its full range of movement. So that was just my opinion. And that's why I suggested maybe get your back scanned rather than your shoulder, because Mm. I think these are two connected things. But over time when you put in the time and effort to work on the lower back or the flat feet, which can be worked on, by the way, flat feet aren't a game, like, it's not... Yeah, end I've
2: just been working on strengthening my arches and yep. it is a, a bit of a mental thing. Um, like, with bad posture, everyone's like, oh, just, it's it's a mental thing, you just have to pull your shoulders back. And it's like, oh, that's what I thought. Mm. And I would always catch myself slumping So, because uh, I just thought, like, the repetition thing,
1: which yeah. does help, but you also need to fix everything else. Mm. And posture is a really interesting one, actually. Uh, Like you said, for a lot of time, people just thought your posture was set in stone, right? Mm. And to change your posture, you just needed to sit up straight. You know, when you're at the dinner table, your mum's fucking like smacking you over the knuckles or something. Or, you know, you're sitting in the classroom and the chairs are a certain way and eventually Mm. you slump. Or now we've got all these workplace health and safety design chairs so that they give you the right back support and stuff. But what we're doing is treating a symptom. We're not treating the problem. These chairs are designed to force you to sit in a certain way that is good for you, but it doesn't change the fact that your back muscles are tight, your Mm. core is weak, your shoulders are tight, and your upper back is weak. Mm. If you want to change that permanently and have a a good effect on your posture, which affects your breathing, it affects your circulation, it affects pain response, it Mm. then affects your mental health. If you want to work on that, you need to put in time with resistance training, with Mm -hmm. strengthening the areas that are, you know, very commonly weak. And you can look in any PT textbook and say, oh, if someone's got um, bad posture, it's probably because tight, weak, tight, Um, weak, whatever that's upper cross and lower cross syndrome. So the problem is easily recognizable, but getting a better chair is not the solution. Mm. Sitting up straight is not the solution. The solution is strengthen the weak stuff and um, work on stretching and making flexibility in the strong or the tight stuff. Because mm. um, like how I'm sitting now is now comfortable for me. Yeah. When I
2: was slumped and that was comfortable, when I went like this, I was uncomfortable and
1: yes, yeah. I
2: got sore after a while and then I just yeah. slowly went yeah. back down. to normal. Yeah. But because of fixed
1: everything this is now my comfortable sitting position yeah Yeah, and i mean we like i've done a yoga teacher training course and in that we learned how to sit properly Mm. right but like nathan's saying it's very hard to sit properly Mm. if the muscles that are needed to hold that position are weak and strong whatever um so you do need to spend time strengthening it um it's it's not the end of the day when you've got bad posture when you've got lower back pain when things are tight or you suffer an injury but your mentality is the first place you need to look you need to look at whether you're saying can i recover or are you saying oh this is me now yeah (laughs) i've just got shit posture yeah
3: and i guess we've spoken about the attitude you should have and the approach you should take like we've been saying um Mm. You know you should work towards strengthening that and getting better. And if someone, you know, we like to explain how you would do that normally. Yeah. Um for this it's one of those things where it's usually it's unique to the person. It is. It. Yeah. 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 So we can't just give a one size fits all thing, which yes. we're also not big fans of. Yeah. Um like for me, because it was a very specific back injury, I did a lot of reverse hypers, um, regular hyper extensions yeah. and a lot of back stuff and also technique work as well. Yeah. Cause that's another thing I had to address. And I still address now when like squatting, I've recently had to address a Spinal flexation thing that was causing issues in that same spot. Um, Nath was again unique with his shoulder. So, yeah, and then- like
2: even now, years later, I'm still. We're still trying to get my scaps in, and yeah. so I'm yeah. still improving. Like yeah, and it's
3: continuous. But yeah. for the initial like how to do this, I'd say whether it's a pe- like physio, ideally physio, yeah. physio definitely. So speak to a GP and a physio, um, even if, and then if you go to the gym, you've got a, your own personal instruct, like personal trainer. Yeah, a good coach. Yeah, a like a good are you going to
2: find a physio is going to be similar to the doctor thing where some physios are going to be like. You'll never be able to do this again, but some, we can... Some, well, that's some the same with PTs. Is, yeah. yeah,
3: it's the same with PTs. Like, there's PTs that will take the, you know, treat you like you're a fragile egg and yeah. just will, like, put you on a treadmill yeah. for, f- for half an hour instead of, you know, getting you doing what you actually need to recover.
2: Because, like, with my shoulder, I went to a military physio mm. and he was like, yeah, this is going to take, like, 12 months. So I was like, yeah, okay, cool you're the professional. Yeah. But thinking back to it now, I think I could have done it a lot quicker. Mm.
3: Yeah. And he's probably just, Um, you know, he doesn't want to get sued. Yeah. Like he's trying to give like what the textbook thing, um, this is what you need to do.
1: And the textbooks are changing, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Research takes time to do. And for a very long time, uh, strength training didn't play a very big part in research. Mm. Uh, Exercise research tended to be based on a... um, you know, a type of program that is not very specific. You know, yeah. They're looking at, okay, do 10 reps of this movement, this movement, this movement, over a 45 minute period. The nature of research is things have to be very controlled. Mm. The problem with that is individuals respond very yeah. differently to this kind of thing. So you might see a general strength increase mm. in people, or you might be able to say, oh yes, if a person does a certain amount of exercise a day, their cardiovascular system will improve mm. or this type of exercise. You know, but it is very difficult for us to conduct a large study and then go, these exercises will cure your back problems. Yeah. Mm. You know, but what we can what we can say is on an individual basis, you can conduct certain movements uh, and strengthen weak points, like we said before, and uh, and stretch through the tight stuff and just create more balance, and you will see improvement on an individual level. So mm. that's why it's so hard for uh, doctors to say or physios to say, do this and you're fixed within this time frame," because it could be a completely individual thing. Mm. You know? yeah. um, but a good physio and a good coach and a good doctor who has understanding of these environments uh, will promote active recovery that's mm. how you know if there's if they're saying to you let's look at what we can get you to do that's usually a good sign you know if a doctor's saying no can't don't these words um then you should probably get a second opinion um or i would ask the, the kind of time frame so mm. that doctor might have said to you don't do deadlifts for the next three months That's pretty good advice, you know, in general. Yeah. Um. But he's not saying don't do deadlifts ever. Yeah. If they're wiping the slate completely, then that's that's that tends to be bad news.
3: Yeah. If I wanted someone, like if I went, if I wanted someone to just tell me not to do the thing that hurt me, then I could get literally anyone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Get an opinion of some fucking guy (laughs) off the street. Yeah. Um. But I think. Before we wrap up, I think we should cover what you learned from the injury. One of like I think one of the biggest things you learned, like you were saying before, is technique work. Mm. What other things do we learn?
3: Yeah, so technique was a big thing. Like it um, it and one of the things I advocate advocate for in general and in specifically in the article was that you should any setbacks are things you can learn from. Yes, um certainly. So that was a massive one and I went into like I straight after the injury I was fairly like that, so I think Headset, mindset wise, I did quite well. um, Because I think, yeah, this sucks. It's a big setback, but I can now learn from this. Yeah. Yes. And one of the, so it was learning. I needed fucking deadlift better. Yeah. (laughs) We knew that already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was, yeah, it was a good chance to learn. I think it was a good um, self learning tool as well, like um, how I responded to that. Yeah, was, you I know, think there
1: are a few questions you asked yourself, and you bring them up in the article. Like, oh, yeah, probably just um, them. Yeah, <laughs> what can I do to prevent this from happening again? Yep. Yeah, yeah, things, things
3: like, that. like that. So that's that kind of like, how can I prevent this? So, like, you know, if I stub my toe walking upstairs, mm. how can I not stub my toe next time? Yeah, because I didn't enjoy the experience. Like that. <laughs> yeah, the body doesn't like that. Yeah, and you know, so you find ways for that. It's just you know, don't be lazy. Lift your fucking legs higher. Yeah, but for this, it was you know, get better, get better at deadlifting, strengthen the weak areas. Yeah. Um, think more. When I lift and don't just assume that the weight is going to be easy and fine, yeah, despite the percentage wise or whatever,
1: yeah, um, yeah, because it's not just a number on a page at the end of the day, that's no, and you know, even 60% for some people is a shitload of weight, Mm. Mm. um, and I think it's important to mention that I mean, this in general is called a growth mindset, it's basically where you look at something and you try to see uh progress rather than um hindrance you Mm. know you're looking at a as a problem and trying to find solutions rather than looking at the problem and going yeah this is fucked um and one of the biggest things for you was you know what what can i do next time so already you're looking at the next time you deadlift you know you're not saying what can i do next time in the gym you're Mm. saying what can i do next time to prevent this back injury from happening again and there's a list of things you can tick off the first one usually is don't be lazy It was the same with Mm. stubbing your toe and, I mean, that can cause sort of a, a adverse reaction. A lot of people, they go, oh, no, fuck, I'm not lazy. It's, but yeah. when I say lazy, I mean don't be complacent about you're know, rushing things that you think uh, you've done a million times before so there's no mm-hmm. possible way you could do it wrong this time. Because the problem with doing something a million times is You get very good at doing that specific way. So if there's even one thing wrong in that million times, you're reinforcing that bad habit. So for Dan, like he said a couple of times, it's been a a relatively short journey for injury recovery, but quite a long journey of trying to tweak these little things, the signals from the brain saying, oh, the back needs to be in this position for the deadlift because the brain's sending signals to the places that it's used to going, you know. (laughs) It's following those developed pathways and it's just going, no, 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 this is how we deadlift all the time. Every time. Yeah, yeah. it should be fine. You'll mm-hmm. be right. <laughs> yeah, just pick it up. Yeah, yeah, but we've proven that maybe it's not perfect. So Well yeah,
3: and obviously the injury is a large scale example of that something wasn't right. Yeah. Um but there's and then there's minor things too. Like for my squad recently I've had to make a slight adjustment yesterday. Yeah. And that's a smaller scale um, indicator that I need to fix something that's yeah. not it's not right. Yeah. And
1: a, an experienced coach will be able to look at you and say something's wrong here mm. and that should never be a, a um, an insult or something mm-hmm. that you take personally it's that's that's the next thing i wanted to address is you specifically said working on weaknesses and one of the most important things about training in general uh, life in general is you need to be able to recognize where you're not Perfect, basically where where your weaknesses are and you need to be very honest with yourself and say okay these are the things that i am not good at these are the things that are going to cause problems in the future what can i possibly do what's within my control to change to ensure that this doesn't go from you know minor back pain to catastrophic injury you know and if you don't have a coach who can recognize that there's a bit of back flexion there It can be as simple as the signals your brain sends you. So last Friday, you recognized, oh, shit, something's wrong here. I'm getting a bit of pain Mm. in my lower back. So the first thing that made me think was, I wonder why that's happening. And I I did notice that there is a a fair bit of movement back there. Mm. So if you are in the gym and you train regularly and you go, oh, I get a bit of pain in my elbow or I get pain in my shoulder or something, that's your body telling you something's not quite right it's not at injury point yet but the pain is a signal saying we need to fix our technique because these movements shouldn't cause you pain mm. you know that sharp jabbing pain that you feel when you do something and it's like bone on bone or you know you can feel a tendon going or something that is bad pain there's the pain of uh lactic acid buildup. yeah and, and you'll
3: learn with experience the difference and that's yeah. a common beginner error is they like, oh, I'm sore. This yeah. is like... And they attribute any kind of pain to bad pain, you mm. know, um, like injury pain or yeah. something. And it's a... Like, there is a, there is a significant difference to yes. anyone that knows. But it is... You will find that with beginners, they need to learn the difference between the two.
1: Yeah. And usually... I mean, stubbing your toe is a good example. Because I think everyone on the planet has stubbed their fucking toe. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you get pain in anywhere in your body that feels like you've just stubbed that on something... Mm. That is your body, your brain receiving a sing- signal from that part of your body going, no, no, don't do that mm. again. Um, it doesn't mean don't deadlift again. It means fix the way you're doing this yeah. movement because there are people... I mean, the mountain recently just pulled 501 f- fucking kilos yeah. off the ground. You're not going to be able to do that yourself, but your body is capable of doing some very impressive C- crazy things. things, yeah. Yeah, so receiving pain while doing a... Fucking twenty kilo, just moving the bar or warming up or something. That's your body going. Maybe say it's bench press. Maybe you need to pull the shoulders back a little bit more. Like I've we've had people come in here and say, oh no no, I I tend to get a bit of shoulder pain if I do close grip bench press. Uh, and that's something that happened today actually. They go, oh no no no, close grip bench press hurts my shoulders. And to me, that's an indicator that when they do close grip, they don't set their shoulders properly mm. because so it's not the close grip problem it's a you problem Mm. and that's one of those things that we talked about just before learning from your injuries or learning from your mistakes is being able to recognize this is a weakness of mine how do i work on it to get better rather than this is a weakness of mine i'm never going to do that again i don't do close grip bench press Mm. rather than i'm going to start learning how to do it properly so that i can get stronger
3: well yeah and i think that kind of segues into what i was going to say for the last kind of Um, wrap up the kind of learning from setbacks is not every setback has to be a surprise like say an injury yeah if um you can create your own setbacks and a setback is just saying "Mm, i need to fix this maybe i need to step back whether it's weight um you know you go from deadlifts just back to rack pulls or whatever it might be that kind of you know you feel like you're taking a step back so that you can then take two steps forward that's exactly yeah so don't feel don't be scared of creating your own setbacks in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, f- it sucks because you're like, oh, I felt like I was doing really well, but now this has gone wrong or this isn't happening or I'm not getting what I need to do. Maybe I should fix this. Yeah. And that will probably involve stepping back from where you were and learning again. Like I had to do it with my bench. Yeah. Um, I've seen
2: it in all my lifts. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I was lifting a bit before I started training with you guys. Yeah. And then once I started training with you guys, you showed me how to do it properly. And most people that
3: I, you Marshall star training here have done that or have to do that because yeah. they're just so set in certain ways. They um, see massive improvements, cool. yeah. and whether that's and for most of them that's been quite quick because they've adjusted quite quickly. It's really mm. technique; it's not their strength. It's
2: like that push up thing we talked about the other day. When I went to like a proper way to do push ups, I dropped back to like ten push ups. Yeah. <laughs> but now i can go way more than i ever could yeah
1: mm. yeah, yeah. I, and i mean it's a great point is stepping back one step like saying to yourself this isn't perfect something's wrong here i need to take the time to fix this will always be a better solution than fucking getting just, a back injury yeah. <laughs> ending up in a hospital and then having to start again from basically zero yeah
3: exactly um and I'm glad I did it. Well, I got called out of my bench by Matt, the strength physio. Yeah. Um, because I when I was benching, I was coming down basically diagonally, yeah. getting it to my what I felt was my touch point and then shooting it up. Yeah. And I was getting it was increasing the amount of distance I had to move from my bench. So he's fixed it and he's gone, bring it, you know, if you gotta bring it slightly higher. Mm. So I brought it higher, which, you know, it's like, oh but that'll increase the distance. But it's decreasing the distance because the shortest distance between two points is straight yeah yeah, yeah. so down and up perfectly straight is shorter than going diagonally down and then straight up yeah yeah and that's and and that i had the bar collapsing on me when i first tried it so it was a learning factor
1: yeah and it's very funny to see i mean funny is probably the wrong word but (laughs) it's entertaining to see someone who's very strong in a set way mm. and then like you said you're going to do push-ups slightly differently mm. that in a way that is better for their body overall but suddenly the weak muscles are the ones that have to do the work and the yeah. strong ones are getting a little bit ignored and suddenly it's just like oh fuck i can and i mean we've got like you said there's a bunch of people in the gym that it's been a process of you need to do it this way because this way is safe because Mm. I'm very big on teaching people how to lift in a way that is going to complement their life rather than detract from it. You know, I want people to get stronger but I also want them to do it in a way that they're not going to get strong to a point and then hurt themselves Mm. and get set back and then maybe never lift again or, you know, treat their body like it's some kind of something that's not capable of incredible things just because they did it wrong for a certain period of time. So, like, we've got guys coming in and, you know, naturally quite strong people who, you know, I change their arm angle even slightly, I change their wrist angle even slightly, and suddenly they go, oh, fuck, I'm not very strong. Mm. A couple of weeks later, those muscles have learned, okay, we're engaging here now, they're strong again, you know, they feel strong again. and Yeah, and it really doesn't take, like, if you just change a little thing like that, it
2: doesn't take a year. No. It's actually quite quickly. Your body adapts. Yeah.
3: Quickly. It's like someone doing sumo deadlifts, I think, are a good example. Um, if you're doing conventional only, mm. which a lot of people do, general population do, Yeah. Um, and they try sumo for the first time, it'll feel really weird. Mm. And they you won't be able to do... If you went for a single, you won't be able to get as much as your conventional single. But yeah. within... A month or two, you will. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, your body does quite quickly and you'll, it shoots up quite quickly.
1: Yeah. Your body knows how to increase the things that are being um, required to use. Mm. So, you know, like you said, conventional deadlift, it, it learns to use a certain set of muscles. The other muscles are getting engaged to an extent, they're just not receiving as much feedback from the brain. Mm. Um, you switch to sumo, and suddenly it's this whole set. I mean, same we're training the same area right it's still posterior chain but it's slightly more quad dominant you Glute, know glutes yeah. whatever um but your brain's has to take that period of time where you have to put the reps in and make them perfect every time so that your brain can go okay now I'm firing the quads now whereas before it fired them later or it didn't mm. fire them at all yeah. or you know or I'm firing the hips at this point you know so it's It's a process that does take time, but you're right. It doesn't take very long. And that's why I always advocate working on just a little thing, one little thing at Mm. a time. You know, you're not going to go from shit squat to perfect squat in a month, but you might go from shit squat to slightly less shit squat Mm. in a month. And Mm. then over a period of 12 months, your squat is now pretty safe and still relatively strong. Mm. You know, so, and I mean, we look at Dan's injury, We've looked at, you know, Nathan's posture and even my personal injuries and how far we've all come. And it's, we're a testament to the fact that if you put the work in, this stuff, it might never go away. But you can you can certainly end up at a point where you can live with this stuff and you're not in pain all the fucking time. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing with veterans. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from all of our injuries, just to wrap up on that learning from injury point, is it's not the end of the fucking world. Mm. You know, if you receive an injury and you're willing to put the hard work in to to recover, you will certainly end up at a point where you're either as strong or stronger than you were before, or you're not constantly living with all this fucking pain all the time. Mm.
3: Yeah, and that's... I guess the idea of the article. Yeah, yeah. thanks for tuning in to The Hard yeah. Way.
1: We really appreciate it. Uh, there will be more to come.
3: We'll include the link to the article in the uh, description yeah. on Spotify and YouTube. And um, you will also include I'll that. Try to find it. Yeah, we'll try and find uh, that strength expert who's big on back recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks cool. for listening. Cool.
1: Thanks for listening. Amble out.
2: Roll outro. Peace.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Hard Way with Anvil T&D. This is all made possible by listeners like you, so thank you for your support. If you enjoyed this one, hit the like button and subscribe so you never miss a show. Make sure to visit our website, www.anviltd.com, and check out some of our articles and other podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, any positive ratings really help. Or if you simply tell a friend about us, that would help us out too. If you have an opinion on something we talk about, we would love to know in the comments. Be sure to tune in for our next episode and remember, train smart, train hard.